Welcome to the one and only Interior Design Book Podcast. Decorating by the Book, hosted by Susie Chase from her dining room table in New York City. Join Susie for conversations about the latest and greatest interior design books with the authors who wrote them. This is John Pfeiffer Mars, and my newest book is Interiors for Collectors. Before diving into this book, I'd like to thank my new sponsor, Bloomist. Bloomist creates and curates simple, sustainable products that inspire you to design a calm, natural refuge at home. I'm excited to announce they've just introduced a new tabletop and kitchen collection that's truly stunning. So surround yourself with beautiful elements of nature when you're cooking, dining, and entertaining, and make nature home. Visit bloomist.com and use the code DECORATING20 to get 20% off your first purchase or click the link in the show notes. Now on with the show. I strongly think collecting is rooted in learning. It's like you go deeper and deeper into a subject. Why do you think people collect? Well, I think there's a fascination that people have for things just as color and texture appeal to each of us differently. Some people like red, some people like blues, some people like green. It's the same thing with collecting. I love Parian wear. I love the soft creaminess of it. There's something about it that to me is very beautiful. Probably means nothing to someone else. They wouldn't care. But I, I just think it's um, it's just part of our nature. And we like to accumulate things. I really believe that. You are an interior designer and purveyor of antiques, and you help clients build collections, which sounds so fascinating to me. In the (laughs) introduction, you talk about how friends told you that you needed to write a book, and you said, the last thing the world needs is another coffee table book on decorating, (laughs) which made me chuckle. Um, Then one day... It just hit you while you were looking through photos of homes you've worked on. And Mm -hmm. I would love to hear that story. That is all true. I think people were teasing me, friends. Well, when are you writing your book on decorating? Because almost every designer now has a book out on their work. And I think it's great. I probably buy all of them. I'm surrounded by books. I'm sitting in the library at home and there's books all over the place. So, and I go to book signings all the time, especially if it's someone I know that puts out a book, I'll go. I just really thought, you know, there's so many beautiful books out there and I'm lucky enough to have had a lot of beautiful projects, but I just don't really feel it's worth the effort to just have a book full of beautiful rooms that John Pfeiffer Mars has done. Now, I knew my friends would be interested in it, but um, I wasn't sure beyond that, where it would go. But it made me think. And I started researching all the photography of projects I had over the last 35 years, putting them together, laying them out on a table and just looking at them. And I don't know, a light bulb went off and I thought, gosh, I have worked with so many people that are collectors and I have been involved in organizing, editing, displaying, putting together that collection or collections in a residence for them. That's the key word there, in a residence. These are not museums, these are homes. And I find it interesting to live with collections. So I thought about that. I'm also a collector. I've always been someone that was interested in collecting things. It's changed since I was a kid. My tastes change. The more you learn, the more you 
have interests in different things. You find something unusual that you want to collect. So anyway, the common denominator of all the photographs, I thought collecting, you know, I don't know if there is a book on collecting. I'm sure I actually Googled books on collecting to see how many came up and there really weren't that many. So I thought I might have something here. And I was reinforced by um, uh, an editor friend that said, um, I think I ran the idea by her and she said, oh, I think that's great. I like a book with a point of view. Okay, well, that's stuck with me, a book with a point of view. So a book about collecting with photos and examples of all my work, how you live with collections, how you enjoy your collections in a private home. So that became the premise for the book. So back in college, there Mm -hmm. was a time when it dawned on you that if you put similar objects together, something magical can happen. Can you talk a little bit about your dear friend with the miniature books? (laughs) Yes, because I love that story. And and that's true. My friend, he had an uncanny ability to display and arrange things because that's what he loved was display. So he started purchasing these little miniature books. And I don't think I really knew what a miniature book was. It was just a small book, but I didn't realize that it was actually typeset in a very, very small typeset. I remembered that I had a tiny little book that my grandmother had given me and it was a little prayer book. And so I gave it to him because I thought he would like it. Anyway, my friend bought this crazy little red pagoda one day. It was like a dollhouse. It was red with a gold roof, strange little thing. And so he decided to arrange all of his miniature books inside this little pagoda, which he did brilliantly. And they were stacked and they were displayed on little bases that he made. And he just outfitted the whole thing as a little display or a cabinet for his miniature books. And I just couldn't believe it. A, it was so interesting to see all of the books together put in one case instead of a little book here and a little book there. Here they all were together and he arranged them so beautifully. And they became so important when they were all put inside this one little pagoda. So I was kind of blown away by that. And I guess it sort of stuck in my mind that if you're going to collect things, it was better to organize them all in one cabinet or piece of furniture or room to give them the greatest focus. That's how it all started. (laughs) You know, you just reminded me that I have a teeny tiny Bible that was passed down. Well, and and another thing that I learned from him was um, as he started collecting and learning more about miniature books, he learned from dealers that sold them. And originally he had a set of Shakespeare and I thought that was fabulous. And I assumed that that was very, very valuable because it was the works of Shakespeare and so forth. Well, he said, actually, you know, the works of Shakespeare are very common. And in the true world of miniature books, there's a lot of those out there. So that taught me something too. You know, the more you learn about what you're collecting, 
the more you realize the value of certain pieces and whether you care or not, at least you can take that into consideration when you're starting your collection or developing your collection. So I think that the small Bibles are also common because my grandmother had one and people would find those fascinating and they would hand them down. So probably, you know, some of those things aren't the most rare, but who cares? They're very interesting and very unusual. So I believe small sterling silver cigarette holders was your (laughs) first collection. Am I right? Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. How funny. Well, you know, I loved old movies. And so, of course, all the glamorous divas and movie stars, the Betty Davises, they all smoked. And I thought smoking was so glamorous. You know, little did I know it was terrible. And cigarettes were such a big part of table settings. And I had a book about table settings and they would show cigarette urns on the dining table, you know, filled with cigarettes. And there were these beautiful little urns and most of them were sterling and they were sort of classical in shape, which that always appealed to me. And they had a purpose, you know, they would hold cigarettes at each, well, maybe two on a table or sometimes at each place setting. So, wow, that was something I really bought into. I liked that. And I could find them any place from a junk store to uh, a nice antique shop. And, you know, at the time they were probably less than a hundred dollars. So uh, it was easy to collect and I love them. So what are a couple of collections highlighted in the book? Silhouettes. I love uh, cutouts or silhouettes, and I had been collecting them for a long time. I had my silhouette done as a kid, so it didn't mean anything to me until she gave it to me years later. And then I started coming interested in silhouettes. I have another client that is featured in the book, and she has some of the finest silhouettes uh, by uh, early American silhouette cutters, and she has really fine ones, much finer than what I have. I have a client that collects antique. Victorian silver, and that's featured um, all the way to a client that collects a lot of presidential and Americana, such as documents and uh, things related to Abraham Lincoln, his desk and chair from the House of Representatives, his life mask, his death mask. I mean, so many interesting things that have to do with our nation's history. One that caught my eye was the Churchill memorabilia guy. (laughs) Well, there are two mentions of Churchill in the book. One was a client that had been to Churchill's home in England, Chartwell. You're probably familiar with that. Churchill loved his office there, his study. And my client had visited and was really impressed with it. And he wanted the feeling of that in his new at-home office. So, of course, Churchill's study was quite grand and quite large. His office was actually the apartment over a garage that was being converted to a uh, office study for him. So my challenge was to give it the feel, the ambiance of Churchill's true study on this small scale. So I copied the light colored floors. The wood floors were stained light and the plaster design of the fireplace. I copied that. And then the ceiling was 
those timbered wood and large beams. And so we actually bought antique beams and brought them in and had them installed on the ceiling and for support. So I gave it the feel of Chartwell as best I could. And then we incorporated his black and white photography of Churchill memorabilia, Churchill visiting things, Churchill photos of Churchill. Uh, We incorporated that for display up the staircase into the space and in other areas. So that was one um, Churchill. Then another client actually has, um, well, Churchill was an artist, as you I'm sure know. Uh, He painted. And so in this one small room in their home, we have a lot of Churchill paintings on the wall. And then they have this incredible lifelike sort of Madame Tussauds statue of Churchill in the room, which scares the dookie out of me every time I go around the corner. And there he (laughs) is standing there. So that's the other Churchill. And there's enormous piece of sculpture in there. I think it's Churchill's head and shoulders, which is huge. And that's in the room too. So they're also Churchill fans, just like my other client. The client with the Chartwell office said it's so realistic. He sometimes smells cigar smoke. I thought that was pretty good. I said, okay, so you're happy, right? Yes. <laughs> he yeah, was very happy. I definitely think he's happy. <laughs> you say, display your collection in one cabinet or on one wall for the greatest effect and display your collections in rooms you love and you use. I think that was a great example of it. As I have mentioned probably in the book, in visiting someone's house for the first time, I'm always amazed they will have a couple of pieces of, say, Amari porcelain in one room, and then they'll have two more in another room, and then they'll have three in the bedroom, and they'll have one in the entrance hall. And I said, oh, I didn't know you collected Amari. And they said, well, they say, I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I have. I don't. I have a few pieces. I said, well, I think you've got quite a few. Tell me about it. Well, you know, my mother had some and my grandmother had some and then I bought a few, blah, blah, blah. So I said, well, I mean, they're really pretty. I said, what if we put it all in that break front in the living room and painted the back of it a color that sort of made them pop? And they're like, oh, well, yeah, that would be nice. Okay. So I do that. And then, oh, you know, I get such great credit. It's like I'm a genius. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) A collection, an instant collection. But I'm serious. I can't tell you that's happened a thousand times. You know, I didn't know you collected this. I didn't know you collected that. Oh, I didn't either. So I put it all together. Uh, It's just like a books. Books make a room. So you could be a collector of books. They don't all have to be first editions. (laughs) I think books are beautiful. And so I like to adorn a room with lots and lots of books. So it's just as simple as that, you know, organizing them. Maybe if you have a set of five plates, all the same pattern. And uh, instead of having them in the bottom of the dusty old china cabinet, you know, you can bring them out. And oftentimes I'll hang them in a semicircle or around the top of a painting or over a doorway. And it sort of can add architectural interest. I love hanging plates because they're never crooked. I love this book because it's not just a gorgeous coffee table book. It's personalized by you with firsthand observations and situations with clients. Well, thank you, Susie. I appreciate that. You know, I decided to write it myself and not have a ghostwriter. <laughs> so that could have been a mistake. So I hope it. I'm glad you like it. I think many people that have beautiful design books, and there's so many beautiful ones out there, and they're just gorgeous. 
But many times they have someone else write the book and they have photographers and they put it all together. But I really wanted this to be me. And I thought, you know, this may be my one shot. So um, it's going to be what I think and I'm going to write it myself. And so it's all those stories and those memories. And I've always been the keeper of the family, whatever's, you know, that nobody else wanted. I'd always take it and loved it if it belonged to an aunt or my grandmother or somebody that meant a lot to me. One story after another, that's the real joy of collecting, the joy of finding the pieces, the thrill of the hunt, in other words. I'm like you, I'm the keeper. I'm the last in my chase line. And mm -hmm. so I have all of the stuff from my chase ancestors going all the way back to the Civil War. So you've kind of inspired me to get a cabinet and put it all in there because it's all different stuff. It's not one of the same thing. But that's okay. You can create, uh, if there's a common theme, like it's all your family, then you can organize it by that. It could be memorabilia that had to do with the Chase family, you know, so that's what it is. I started collecting pocket watch holders because I got all both grandfather's pocket watches. You either put them in a drawer or you don't really get to enjoy them. So I discovered these wonderful, ornate little pocket watch holders that they've been making for the last 200 years and you can find and the little pocket watch will hang from it. And so now they're sitting around on tables and I can see grandfather Mars's pocket watch and my granddad Pfeiffer's pocket watch with pocket watch holders. So that inspired me to, to start collecting pocket watch holders. You say in the book, collect what you love and want to live with for a while rather than what is collectible of the moment. What would you say is a hot collectible right now? Not that we're going to collect it, but just so you know. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, um, one of the big collectibles for men, especially, that they really like, minerals and geodes. Those are very hot right now. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, rocks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. Rocks. <laughs> uh, there's a story in the book about that. Uh, I was working on a client's home and, you know, we're dealing with the plans and uh, construction. And so there's a room <laughs> developing and it's called the library. So I keep saying, you know, we're talking about the shelves and what kind of wood to make uh, the shelves out of and this and that. And I said, well, so do you have a lot of books? And he said, books? What are you talking about? <laughs> I said, well, it's the library. I assume you have books. He said, no, I don't have any books. I don't have any books. It's all minerals. I'm putting my minerals in there. I said, oh, so maybe we should change it to the mineral room, you know. Uh, no, we'll just call it the library. I said, okay, that was fine. So truly what I thought was going to be shelves of books became shelves of minerals or geodes. Well, guess what? Those suckers don't stand up on their own, you know. So again, that's part of my job. I have to uh, have someone create these little iron bases that cradle each geode and uh, hold it up. They're heavy, very, very heavy. And so that you can set it in there, not damage it, and then be able to put it on a shelf and arrange it. Aesthetically interesting. We had to measure all these geodes, have all these bases made, and then figure out the arrangement of the shelves, how tall, how this and that to go in there. And so then one day I'm putting all the geodes in and I'm just setting them up there. I have some guys helping me and the client comes in. Oh, you've got that one backwards. I said, well, excuse me, it's just a rock. I didn't really realize I had a front and a back, but okay. 
<laughs> he had a great sense of humor and we would laugh about it. But that's the kind of stuff I do, you know, have bases built, install them on the shelves, put fabric behind it to make it, give it a texture that might contrast and enhance the look of the geode color or texture wise. And then uh, light it either, you know, each shelf is illuminated with um, uh, sort of a strip lighting or you light it from the ceiling with a recessed art light that beams down on it. So that's all my domain. That's what I do. So where can we find you on the web and social media? Well, my website is johnmars.com. And then social media, I have john underscore Pfeiffer underscore Mars. That's my main Instagram account. And then I also have another Instagram account called The Confident Collector. That sort of is a page showing installations of different collections and just fascinations with collections and what people collect and how to arrange them and things that I've seen. So there you go. To purchase interiors for collectors and support the podcast, head on over to decoratingbythebook.com. And thank you so much, John, for coming on Decorating by the Book podcast. Thank you, Susie. It's been wonderful. I enjoyed it so much. Follow Decorating by the Book on Instagram. And thanks for listening to the one and only interior design book podcast, Decorating by the Book.